It's Eatin' Time with Belton Johnson for the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association. Former Saskatchewan Rough Rider and Grill Master Belton Johnson joins us again today. Thanks, Belton, for being here and joining us and getting ready to cook something delicious today. Absolutely there, Evan. It's a nice day out there as well down here in Regina. I've, I've been worried about you, Belton. How's the week been without football? Are you lost without football to watch? You know, I, I'm going to tell you, Evan, I hate this time of the year. I absolutely do because all of a sudden that honey-do list is like magnified and my wife is like, you forgot to do this, you forgot to do that, you need to do this. So <laughs> it's growing longer. Do you watch other sports? Are you into any other sports? Absolutely. Uh, and I, I like all sports, right? Uh, I try to pay attention to, you know, some everything, uh, NHL. I know, uh, you know, my Maple Leafs fan and everything. We're doing good this year off the Matthews. I think he had what? what yeah. He's uh, at 52 now, I think 52 goals. Right. <laughs> so I, I, I dabble in that. I know baseball is coming up, you know, with uh, spring ball and everything down south. And Okay, I, Belton, here's the question. Has mm-hmm. Belton Johnson ever curled? <laughs> no, Evan. I, I don't know if I could do that. And the reason being is I have a fear. The fear is always slipping on ice. And guess what? Curling, you're on nothing but ice. So... <laughs> As I, handle it. <laughs> as I was thinking about this chat today, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm going to ask Belton, like, do you know what the hack is? The, ha- the only hack I know is when a defensive end comes around the corner. <laughs> they try to hack that hard down. Okay. <laughs> there you heard, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Belton Johnson, that explanation of what a hack is. Hack is where you put your foot when you're going to throw the rock in curling. But, uh, uh, you've got a good explanation for hack as well, Belton. That's good. <laughs> hey, before we get to the recipe, kids out of school this week, did you take advantage of any of the time with them, uh, do anything outside? We did. Uh, you know, uh, my wife and I, um, I actually had the kids yesterday, uh, took them out swimming and everything, right? So just to get out of the house there because the boy, he likes to be on the game. The daughters, they like to be on their iPads and everything, and we couldn't stand for them to be on that all week like that, right? Yeah. You know, whereas if they're in school, you know, they only get to play on that stuff like maybe two hours uh, right. when they get out of school. Right. Got to mix it up, get them outside, get them doing something active for sure. Well, Belton, every week, Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association bring you to us so that you can bring some delectable recipe to our forefront. What are you going to be cooking for us today? Well, today for you, Evan, we got crock pot beef and broccoli. And uh, this recipe, um, you know, you always, at least we do, we try to get the kids to eat their veggies and everything, right? And this is one that, um, you know, with the beef and broccoli, the kids actually gobble it up big time. So first thing we want to do is get out that crock pot. And in the crock pot, we're going to whisk together beef broth, soy sauce, some brown sugar, sesame oil, and garlic. Get that all whisked up together, and it's in the crock pot already. So then we're going to do is uh, get the beef sirloin or uh, beef sirloin steak or chuck rolls, and we're going to slice it thin. And once we got that beef sliced thin, we want to put it in the liquid and toss the coat. So you got that liquid that we have in the crock pot. You got the thin slices of beef. Put it in the crock pot and just mix all that up to coat. 
once you got that beef coated in that liquid in the crock pot, you want to cover it with the lid and cook it on low heat for about five hours. You still there with me? Right? I'm with you, Belton. All right. So after about five hours, when that beef is done cooking, you can smell it and everything throughout the house. What we want to do is switch together cornstarch and water in a small bowl. And Evan, with that cornstarch and the water, we call that a, a slurry and everything. We're going to pour that into the crock pot. We're going to stir it all together and get it mixed well. Now, the next thing we're going to do, we got all the, the, the liquid, got the beef, cornstarch, slurry in there. We're going to throw in the broccoli, and we're going to cover it, and we're going to cook it on low or for about 30 minutes more, rather, until that sauce thickens, Evan. And once that sauce thickens, what I want you to do is grab a plate or a bowl with some warm rice, Get it ladled in there, covered up. Guess what, Evan? What, Belton? It's eating time. It's eating time just like that. <laughs> Crock-pot beef and broccoli. When you're making a recipe, do you cook like basically enough for one meal for your family, or do you always count on leftovers? Oh, man. I'm, see, I'm huge on leftovers. Uh, like I tell you, I'm a country boy, right? So we had lots of leftovers, uh, well, <laughs> you know, growing up and everything. Uh, just with mom working, and, you know, I see it the same as today, right? My wife and I were both working and everything. Let's make enough for, you know, a, a couple days and everything. So when I do it, I'm going to do it big and everything, Evan. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I find this is a, an educational opportunity. Today, I taught you what a hack in curling was. You taught me slurry. I'd never even heard that word before. Yep, and that's uh, my great aunt used to use that all the time. Uh, I, I used to think, you know, what slurry, like Slurpees or something. I'm like, no, this ain't no Slurpee. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, again, just a bit of uh, water, a bit of uh, cornstarch, just get that mixed together. Uh, because sometimes, you know, if you put cornstarch in there while it's hot, it's going to kind of get, um, it's kind of dough up. Uh, like if, if you were to put flour in there, it's going to get lumpy and everything, right? So you mix that corn starts to water together and then you pour it in there love it love it hey this is a bit of a random flex before i let you go but what kind of music do you listen to oh music i'm i'm into hip-hop i'm into rap and everything and then one of my favorite artists her name is beyonce you probably heard of beyonce then I heard she got into country, so now I'm trying to find the country song. I got it right here for you, Bell. How about that song? It is so catchy. Like I, when I heard, and I heard it first, of course, during the Super Bowl, that Beyonce was going to be stepping into country music. I thought, how is this going to work? That is one catchy tune, Belton. It's one catchy tune, and I hope they get her to Craven when you're up here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you probably don't know who Franklin the Turtle is, do you? I don't. Who, who's Franklin? Well, Franklin the Turtle, the Turtle was uh, it was a kids show like back. I don't even know. Like I want to say, fifteen years ago. I think it was a Canadian kids show. But people are saying that that Beyonce song actually sounds a lot like this. Hey, it's Franklin. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to say Beyonce ripped off a animated turtle, but uh, at the end of the day, she's number one on the charts this week, and uh, I'm not surprised you like that song. I love it too, Belton. Thanks so much for joining us today.
Absolutely. I mean, you have a great weekend there. Belton Johnson, it's eating time. Thanks to Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association right here every Friday at 11 o'clock. You're listening to 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Friday morning heading into the weekend and the weather is looking great for the weekend. Plus temperatures, sunshine. It is going to cool off though next week. Return of some cold. A little bit of snow too for central and southern Saskatchewan, which you know what? We could still take that. Moisture is never a bad thing. We have had a pretty good winter, and even the cold snap that is in the next 14 days is pretty short-lived. So all in all, we've gotten away fairly lucky. Again, Jamie Nye tries to walk by the door of the control room here, and I grab him and say, no, 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 come on in here. I need to talk to you. Jamie Nye from the Green Zone joining me now. Thanks for thanks for not resisting my arrest and oh, getting yes. you in here. <laughs> You, you you have that uh, way about yourself from your career. I gave going, up lots just, with policing, sudden, just not the it, handcuffs. It's amazing how it's all about positioning, right? When you're in the cruiser to position somebody, maybe in a in a car to go the direction you want. Shepherd just, you in the direction. Just we all would of like. a sudden, it's like, wait a second, am I in the studio right now? How did you pull that off? So, Jamie, I wanted you to come in here because I I like watching curling, but I'm not a diehard mm-hmm. curling fan, and I'm struggling with this whole. Like yesterday on my show, I talked about the fact, you know what, Skylar Ackerman, she had a great tournament. Uh, it just wasn't in the cards. Then I'm driving home. I'm listening to you saying, she's still in it. She could still. <laughs> and I'm what? How does this even happen? So this whole tiebreaker thing is a bit goofy, and I just, I'd like a little well, bit of an understanding. I hate the format uh, of, and this is how it was decided in Pool A. There was a five-way tie. All the teams finished four and four, and then it goes to direct head-to-head competition between those five teams, those games that they took each other on, and they were all two and two. Right. They all split games against each other. Right. So they're all two and two, and then because of that, there's no other way. There was, but there's no <laughs> other way. Yeah. Uh, to decide a tiebreaker. So they went to the last rock draw sheet, and this is tabulated to decide who gets last rock in every game. They throw draws in their practice before the game, and they have these little measurement instruments that they go out on. The judges go out, and they measure the rocks, and they tabulate the total distance for the whole week. They take away the worst day for each uh, team, and then that's who made the playoffs. And Caitlin Law, she had the best last rock draw distance compared to the other four rinks Hmm. that she was up against in that tiebreaker. I would rather them, you know, so it happened in the provincial Scotties too. Robin Silvernagel was eliminated because of the last rock draw, but it was a three-way tie. Those two other teams played each other to, to advance in a tiebreaker. I could see it playing out that way. At least at some point to get into a playoff game you should have to play your way into a playoff game rather than be real good in practice before the games themselves. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You know, I, again, some of the articles that I've read on this, I'm thinking, I mean, the accomplished curler that I am, 1987 mixed runner-up wow. regional finalist, whatever it was, <laughs> I don't know. I curled in high school, right? <laughs> I mean, if you're a small-town kid, I think most of us did. Belton, by the way, who was just on with me, didn't know what a hack was. <laughs> I had to educate him. Anyway, uh, but but the point is, is you don't like when you're when you're playing a game, you you start to get to know the ice 
yeah. in the first end, the second end. And then, of course, the ice changes through the duration of the game. These early rocks that they're throwing, I mean, do they even have a really good sense of the ice? Well, when you watch their practices and one team goes out about a half an hour and then the other team goes out about 15 minutes before and they have the ice to themselves, they're throwing their rocks and you see them just throw draw after draw after draw to get the weight. And right. part of it is for this, knowing, wow, this could be the tiebreaker. Right. And then all of a sudden it's, okay, get in a weird spot or a rock you don't really like, and they're flipping rocks back and forth between who's throwing each one on which way they like to curl. And, okay, you're going to use these two because you're the lead and we need these rocks to be in play and the skip wants these rocks. And you're figuring that out as well. For sure. And then the pressure on right at the end, they say, throw an intern, throw an outturn draw. And then they measure those. And that is what decided Caitlin Laws going into mm. the playoffs. I, I think big. it's ridiculous, but it mirrors the world championship. That's how they decide it. They don't do tiebreakers anymore. They don't want tiebreakers because it can completely, it's like five team tiebreak. They could right. be playing for a full day to figure that out, which throws the whole schedule and ticketing out the window, right? right. So. It shortens it up. There's for some sure. logistical stuff in so there. So we're down to six teams and yes. uh, three of them from Manitoba. Four. Four, that's right. I guess, that's right. Kate Cameron won last that's night. That's right. So it is uh, Carrie Anderson from Manitoba. She's Team Canada. And then yeah. you have Jennifer Jones, Caitlin Laws, and uh, Kate Cameron, all from Manitoba. Wow. Three rinks with MB on their uh, chest and on their back. And then, of course, you have an Alberta team. And then Rachel Holman, technically out of Ontario, but most of that team curls from Al- out of Alberta. Yeah. What are the uh, What are the odds makers saying in terms of well, Rachel Holman? Rachel Holman has been dominant all year. Mm-hmm. She doesn't lose. She's only lost five games this season total in the Grand Slam event. She has to be considered the favorite as much as Carrie Anderson's rink is the four-time defending, you know, four straight championships. But uh, I what think... What about crowd favorite uh, Jennifer Jones? Hey, she made the final last year and darn near won. Why right. not? Right. Um, it's her last one. It's going to be interesting. These, especially the top four teams, uh, Anderson... Uh, Holman, Jennifer Jones is in that conversation as well, and Sturmey out of uh, Alberta. Like the, these are okay. Uh, let's see what happens mm-hmm. here. Uh, Should be good curling. Oh, Should absolutely. Be good curling. And speaking of that, we're uh, getting close to the 2024 Montana's Briar, which is hitting the province next week. Are you ready? I'm ready. You can feel Rec- the excitement. Free concert on Friday next Friday. Rec Laws, are you going to be front row with me, Evan, singing "Long Live the Night" or what? I won't be front row. But did someone say there's ribs? Are they having at the Montana's Briar? There is there ribs? Be ribs? I heard you talking. If there about was donuts that. and coffee for the Tim Hortons hey, hey, Briar, hey, hey. where's the ribs? Oh, I thought you were going to make a cop joke there. I was already getting defensive. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you stopping by and clarifying that whole uh, tiebreaker thing for me, Jamie. We'll release the cuffs. You're free to go. Okay, thank we'll you very much. We'll see you back here two o'clock for the Green Zone, Jamie and I. Well, you know, we talked about this earlier. So Chris Barber, who has been on the show before, he, of course, owns a trucking company in southwestern Saskatchewan. Uh, He is going through uh, some court cases right now as the main organizer of the Freedom Convoy, uh, still awaiting to hear what is going to happen. He's been in court in Ottawa, and we've been following that fairly closely, charged with a number of criminal offenses, including mischief, obstructing police, counseling others to commit those offenses. Whether or not he's proven guilty of that or not, yet to be seen. We had him on the show a few weeks back, and it was right after the announcement had been made that the Emergencies Act was used improperly. The federal government used the Emergencies Act in order to 
essentially clear up the convoy in Ottawa. A federal court, after hearing the entire circumstances and case, ruled that was not constitutional. You should not have used it for that purpose. And of course, a lot of people knew that would be the case. There were other options. That's the whole thing with the Emergencies Act. Number one, there has to be significant consultation. That didn't happen. And number two, there should be every other option has to be exhausted before you can push that big red button and say, this is what we're going to do. That likely wasn't the case there. So when I had Chris Barber on the show, I asked him, I was curious to know, do you think this ruling is actually going to have an implication on your case? Well, the lawyer said yesterday on uh, text message that yes, it will. Um, she was looking through a 196-page document to see what was in there. Uh, I haven't heard back from her yet, but she did say, of course, and she did mention that they are going to appeal it, but that, now that's going to take quite the time to, to appeal it. So, yes. Now, what to what it pertains to, I, I, I'm, getting, I'm waiting for those answers. So, Chris Barber has made the decision that he is filing a statement of claim in the Court of King's Bench in Saskatoon, claiming the federal government's unprecedented move to invoke the act constituted an abuse of power. This disruption deprived me and my wife, says Chris Barber, of the ability to conduct basic financial transactions, live normal lives, leading to severe inconvenience, hardship, embarrassment, exclusion from modern society, and damaged personal and business relationships, says the claim. None of the allegations have been proven in court. Federal government has not filed a statement in defense of it. A spokesperson in an email said, we will review the claim to determine the next step. So Chris Barber, who, of course, is still fighting as a defendant in a criminal court case with regard to the convoy, is now taking the offensive and has actually filed a statement of claim against the federal government, saying that their use of the Emergencies Act caused... All kinds of hardship for him in a personal and a professional setting. So we'll uh, continue to follow that and see where that takes us. Well, coming up tomorrow, it's the two-year anniversary. Two years already. Two-year anniversary of the unprovoked invasion of Ukraine by Russia. Lots of different people from our province have been over to Ukraine offering assistance. We're going to check in with one of those people. Angela Hill is a Saskatoon journalist, communications delegate with the Red Cross, currently in Ukraine, and we will talk to her next. You're listening to 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.